Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, even though you're born again, it doesn't mean that you automatically are really strong in faith and then that you're automatically strong in faith from then on. We're given a measure of faith, but we're born again spiritual babies. And the Bible says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Jesus said that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Just like your body has to be fed and exercised or it'll grow weak, your spirit has to be fed and exercised or it'll grow weak. And since faith is of the heart, if your heart, your inner man gets weak, your faith will be weak. That's why we start off saying, you know, what's going to happen here in faith school? Well, my spirit, is the, the, my inner man is going to be fed. How would it be fed? Well, it's the Word that feeds us, not just men's and women's ideas, but the Word, the anointed Word feeds our spirit, nourishes it up in the words of faith, the Scripture said, and our faith then will begin to rise up and get stronger. And when your faith is stronger, your perception of things uh, is different. Um, when your faith is weak and your spirit's weak, you're easily overwhelmed. Anything that comes up to be a challenge, if your faith is very weak and your spirit's real weak, you'll just look at it in despair and go, there's no way, there's no way. And the enemy will feed these thoughts into your mind and you won't resist them because of being so weak. But when you're strong in faith, you look at even the biggest challenges and you go, well, God's bigger than that, right? <laughs> and he's brought me through before again and again, and he'll bring me through this time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, but even though you may know you should be strong and you wish you would be strong, you can't be strong by just deciding who I'm going to be strong. It's just like your body. If it hadn't been fed in, in three weeks or a month, well, you're going to start feeling weak. And even though you might say, no, no, I'm going to be strong. Well, it, the strength's just not there because you hadn't fed it. This is why you need to feed, every believer needs to feed on the scripture on a regular basis. And the churches around here, we have the saying, you know, that everybody reads their chapter every day, Monday through Friday. We got a, a reading schedule that we do together. And you need to feed on that, but you also need to go to church where in meetings where you hear anointed word that feeds you. And there are things like this, faith school, <laughs> where you can come and on a regular basis get an infusion, get an injection of the word on different subjects that will cause your faith in that area to rise up strong. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom here. We saved you a seat in the front. And let's pray and release faith that we will receive from the great teacher, the Holy Spirit. Father, all of us agree together 
as touching these things, asking you for the anointing, asking you for the, the work and, and the moving of your Holy Spirit to teach us, to lead us, to remind us, to guide us, to help us. We ask for it in Jesus' name. And we, uh, we ask that you open our eyes and ears and hearts and minds and give us the answers that we need, that you know we need right now. And we purpose not to be hearers only, nor forgetful hearers, but to be doers, those who actually step out, act on what you say and do it, because we know those are the ones that will see change, that will see amazing uh, divine uh, action and results in their lives. And that's us. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it in advance. Amen. Amen. If you would go to our great textbook, the Bible, and look with me in uh, Luke chapter 6, we began some uh, weeks ago on our current emphasis uh, topic, which is faith for healing. If you hadn't been with us, uh, you know, faith school has been going on for a little while and all of the previous lessons are available online. You can go online, watch them, listen to them. They won't cost you anything. They're, they're at no charge. And um, we, we camped out in the book of Hebrews, excuse me, chapter Hebrews 11 for weeks and weeks, looking at every one of those verses about what faith is and how it works and how it functions and how it responds. And if you, if you hadn't heard that, it would help you to hear it. And now we've, we're moving on based on that foundation to faith for a specific thing. And in this case, it's faith for healing. Faith for healing. Anybody know, class, do you know how faith for healing would come? Well, we know faith comes by hearing. Uh, and and let, let me be more specific. Faith in God comes from hearing God. Well, how would you get faith for healing, divine healing? You would have to hear what God said about healing. That's how you get faith for healing. And so um, it's possible that your faith is, is, can be strong in one area because you've heard uh, in that area and you believe it and you've, you've been fed on it. But in another area, uh, maybe in your church where you grew up, they didn't teach on that at all. Uh, and not to knock that, you thank God for what you got. But different parts of the body of Christ are stronger in different areas. Uh, some parts, particularly some groups, some denominations, they're strong on this. And, and you hear a lot of teaching on this, but you hear none <laughs> on this. You go over here to this group and, and it's swapped. You know, you hear more on that and hardly anything on this. Well, none of us have it all. But if you're deficient in an area, if you need faith to be healed and you didn't get it, you know, growing up or in your group, well, you need to find where it's coming out and you need to feed on it. Or maybe you need faith for provision to get your needs met, faith for protection, those kind of things. Uh, feed your faith in that area. I know um, when my nephew was deployed overseas, in the military, in a real hot area. He was on the front where there was a lot of fire. And um, he asked me to pray for him before he, he went. And he went on two, two tours. And um, I told him I would. I said, but, I said, it's not all up to God. 
I said, uh, there's a manward part of this. You need to feed your faith uh, on God protecting you. And so we were able at the church to teach a series called Perfect Protection, where we just camped out in Psalm 91. And if you read Psalm 91, it's not all God. The psalmist kept saying, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He's my strength. Can you see, he, the, the, the person is doing something. You are uh, confessing and receiving God as your protector, just like you do receive Jesus as your Savior. You receive Him as your protector. And so um, I, I encouraged him to do that. And that series is still online as well, Perfect Protection. And he got that and he fed on that, fed on that. And man, he had some testimonies about how God spared his life and the lives of his guys on his team. Yes, it's right to pray, but you understand there's a manward side. Uh, you, you can't just turn over all the spiritual responsibility for your life to somebody else praying for you. You have responsibility, all of us do individually, to believe God. And um, the thing that he works with is faith. And faith comes by hearing his word. Well, faith for healing is going to come by hearing the word about healing. And you'll find if you look through the uh, gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that there were scores of thousands of people that were healed in the ministry of Jesus. I mean, he, he spent a lot of time ministering to the sick and the oppressed big thing to him. And how many understand he never changes. If that was big to him then, it's big to him now. And it, sometimes it'll just say, you know, everybody that touched him was healed. Everybody he touched was healed. They were all healed, talking about thousands. Uh, but out of all those, there are handpicked by the Holy Spirit about 20 individual cases where people were healed, where we're told who they were, what was wrong with them, how they received. Uh, and so we've begun studying these one by one. And we, we looked, first of all, at the healing of the leper. We looked, secondly, at the healing of Peter's wife's mother-in-law, or his, Peter's wife's mother, Peter's mother-in-law. And uh, we looked at the healing of the paralytic. We looked at the healing of the nobleman's son. So we've studied four of these. We're down now to number five, which is the healing of the man with the withered hand. Healing number five in our study, the, the healing of the man with the withered hand. This is recorded in both Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But I want to start reading in Luke and go back to Matthew because we'll spend more time on this one in Matthew, I think. Uh, Luke 6 and verse 1. It came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first that he, Jesus, went through the cornfields and his disciples plucked the ears of corn and did eat, rubbing them in their hands. And certain of the Pharisees said to them, Why do you that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? And Jesus answering them said, Have you not read so much as this, what David did? when himself was hungered, and they which were with him, how he went into the house of God, and did take and eat the showbread, and gave also to them that were with him, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest alone. 
And he said unto them that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath. Are you hearing a recurring theme here? Sabbath, Sabbath, Sabbath. That he entered into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him whether he would heal on the Sabbath day. That they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up, stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. Then Jesus, then said Jesus to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And looking around about upon them all, he said to the man, Stretch forth your hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored whole as the other. And they were filled with madness and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. Hallelujah. How many think there's a lot here to, to get into and to understand? Well, that's what we're believing the Lord to, to open up to us. Go back to Mark's account. Mark 2, and the reason we read all three is because we have all three. And uh, the Lord obviously thought it was important to give us more than one account. And you'll find there are different details in each account. And you put all three together, you get a more complete picture. In Mark 2 and 23, And it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day. Uh, and this, you know, it says corn, but uh, apparently he's talking about wheat. They called wheat corn. And his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said unto them, Have you never read what David did when he had need and was in hungered, he and they that were with him? How he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priests, and gave also to them which were with him. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Now see, Luke didn't include that phrase. The next one he did, he said, Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. But man, you get this whole other sentence uh, here in, in Mark that, that Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man. Uh, the man was not made for the Sabbath. And oh man, that just, uh, that, that clarifies so many things. Um, you have people telling us today that um, uh, we, we were made to serve the creation. And that's not true. The creation was made for us. Hmm? <laughs> and you have people who are serving rituals in religion. And that's God never intended for that to be the case. That we're to be the servants of anything or anyone except Him. Can you say amen? amen? And so phrases like this are so enlightening and just clarifies and shows up so much error when you receive them as the truth that they are. 
Chapter 3 and verse 1 says, He entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. Now, we just got through reading in Luke. If you hadn't read Luke, you wouldn't know that it was his right hand. Because <laughs> Dr. Luke is more specific. And he says it was his right hand. Here, the other two guys just say it was a hand. Uh, and they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he said to the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. And he said to him, is it unto them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. They wanted to argue about it. They wanted to find fault with him about it. They were primed against him about it, but he gave them an opportunity to explain it, and they, they couldn't. They just sat there quiet. And when he looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said to the, to the man, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored whole as the other. How many believe this happened? These are not fairy tales. This happened exactly. This is not uh, just some symbolic representation. He, the, he gives specifics. And is it true that just this quickly a healing can happen? Is it? Because a lot of people don't believe that. But that's one reason we're talking about it today because no matter what's wrong with you or how long it has been that way, if there truly is a God who created the heavens and the earth and our body, He created bones and organs and muscles and skin and all of that, blood, then certainly a God who creates stars and planets could in a moment fix your kidney. Is that right? In a moment, take a limb or uh, an extremity that was damaged, deformed, whatever, and restore it just that quick. Hallelujah. That's exciting. I said, that's exciting. And this is the kind of thing that is supposed to be happening amongst believers and amongst the church. And even in the midst of some unbelievers when the gospel is preached as a sign. Amen. Hallelujah. Because it, healing represents God. Healing. Because it's good. Because it's kind. <laughs> because it's restorative. Hallelujah. And God is good. How many say amen? God is good. God is good. God is kind. God is not the destroyer, He's the restorer. He's not death, He's life. Hallelujah. He's not destruction, He's salvation. Oh, hallelujah. I've already preached myself happy today. <laughs> well, is it true? If it's true, it's something to shout about. And it is true. So uh, He said, stretch forth your hand. And He stretched it out. And his hand was restored whole as the other. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Isn't that something? 
They sat right there, saw a, an astounding miracle right in front of their eyes. And their solution is to kill Jesus. That's, how, that's what they want to do. Well, that's the enemy. Uh, go back with me, if you would, now to Matthew, the twelfth uh, chapter. We've read Luke's account. We've read Mark's account. And let's see what uh, Brother Matthew, how he described this. They're all describing the same thing. You can see that, right? But just, you know, it's just like today, if you had three people, see, the, they were in the same experience, but you ask them about it, they're going to use different words, and there's different perspective, and one might emphasize this, and other might emphasize that, but it's all, all of it's correct, it's just different pieces of the same one. Matthew 12 and 1, at that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the, through the corn, and his disciples were hungered, and began to pluck the ears of corn to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Behold, your disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. And what you'll see through these passages is it keeps talking about lawful and unlawful. Lawful and unlawful, and it's uh, so much connected to the Sabbath. And um, he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was a hungered and they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Now, this is a great revelation. These individuals that are trying to find fault with Jesus, they consisted of the Pharisees, which were the strictest sect of those who adhered to the law, and doctors of the law. Now these were the purported experts on anything to do with the law given by Moses. This is the Old Testament law and statutes and commandments. And so they considered themselves uh, the experts, and so they are finding fault with Jesus that he is violating the law by them eating, you know, going through the uh, uh, fields and, and pulling off some grain and eating it. And the law did say, that you were not to do any kind of work on the Sabbath day. But they weren't doing work on the Sabbath day. They were hungry. <laughs> and there's no law against eating <laughs> on the Sabbath day. <laughs> and even the law allowed that if you went through a field that wasn't yours, you could still get some handfuls to eat. And that was allowed in the law. See, they want to be adamant and technical and sticklers about what's legal and what's not legal, what's allowed, lawful, and not allowed, unlawful. But Jesus, the Spirit of God through him, is telling them 
they are ignorant of the word. <laughs> now, of course, that's the last thing <laughs> that these experts of the law would want to acknowledge. But did you hear what he said to them? <laughs> See, uh, th this first phrase would be like slapping them with a wet dishcloth. Wow. <laughs> what do you mean? Have you never read in the law? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's supposedly their whole life, right? Is reading the law, studying the law, dissecting the law, right? Reading commentaries about the law. It's law in the morning, law in the evening, right? Law when the sun goes down. And yet Jesus, you know, uh, he's actually being kind to them. Instead of just saying bluntly, you're ignorant of the law. You don't know what you're talking about. He says to them, haven't you read? In other words, you know, you being experts of the law, you should have read this. You should have, haven't you read? Have you not read what David did when he was hungered and they that were with him? And then he said, verse 5, have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath days the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? In other words, the priests work on the Sabbath. Huh? Right? Uh, people are coming on the Sabbath, but the priest that was the, one of the biggest days. They do the most of what they do. Well, then, aren't they working on the Sabbath? Aren't they breaking the law? It should have at least made the guys go, hmm, yeah, okay, well, <laughs> maybe there's some things here I haven't fully seen or understood. But when you get so adamant and you get hung up on half a verse that you're being you know, no, it says this. Uh, the Lord is saying, back up, back up. Get the bigger picture. Get the spirit of it. Oh, can you see this class? And see, people are doing the same thing today. No, but it said this. It said this. And they may be quoting a translation that even got one of the words wrong and they're being so technical, but you don't base anything on half of a technicality. The scripture said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. You, and, and you're counting on the spirit. You realize I don't understand everything here. Holy Spirit, show me the general meaning of this. How am I supposed to think about this? Can you see this, child of God? And so uh, we, should, we should humble ourselves and admit how much we haven't read and seen and known and ask Him to teach us. And we're out of time today. Say it out loud. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Hey, you can see we just got started. We just read the text, right? So you got to come back tomorrow and let's get more into this. We'll see you next time right here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 
702-7390.